You're listening to Soul Crush, a podcast dedicated to spirituality, sexuality, and sharing stories that inspire the soul. We release an episode each new and full moon devoted to healing the shame that binds us and illuminating the infinite possibilities and courage of the human spirit. We recognize infinite universal divinity as who we really are and help move others away from ideas and beliefs around God and love that are oppressive. We support the fullest expression of our soul's highest callings to be of service in this world. This is a celebration not of the I or of the me, but of universal love and reverence for the earth that we walk upon. I am your grateful host, Adriana Rizzolo, and I am humbled and honored to be here with you all. Hi, friends. I am really, really excited to share with you our episode today featuring Susanna Harwood Rubin. And I met Susanna back when I lived in New York in Brooklyn. She taught at a studio that I did an Anusara yoga teacher training at with in a studio called Abhaya Yoga with a teacher named Tara Glacier as her the owner of that studio, and I spent lots of my time there healing, and the first time I went to India was when I was teaching there, and just really got so much deep medicine, and Susanna was one of the teachers that I would study with a lot. In this episode, we really cover some deep territory around Susanna's journey with cancer, and just her whole deep devotion to Kali, which she'll talk to you about what Kali's about, and just her overall process and going through this moment, a really deep moment in her life that I've really been witnessing um, from afar as such a fearless and powerful woman, you know, to experience and to go through what she's been going through you know there's really no words there's no spiritual you know language you can place on these kinds of really intense fierce grace type things like an illness or you know when we experience on our, in our own journeys um you know people close to us dying and you know these kinds of deep valleys and and wild the wilderness that we go into that you know where where all of our spiritual ideas don't really make sense anymore so i'm really really grateful this is one of the biggest you know gifts is to just be able to receive uh, somebody like susanna's wisdom and laughter and all of it Susanna's been teaching since 2002, and she infuses her class um, with a lot of Hindu mythology, mantra, and the all these years of study that she's done in, in the U.S., but also in South India on the tantric tradition. And she is also a writer, an amazing writer. 
Her current classes are at Abaya Yoga and Yoga Works Soho. She teaches public workshops in yoga philosophy, myth, mantra, meditation, and writing, and guest teaches for teacher trainings. She teaches mentors and coaches privately in New York as well. Susanna has presented at venues such as the Rubin Museum of Art, the She Summit, and loves to work with both schools, groups, and corporate groups, believing that everyone can benefit from yoga and meditation. She has been profiled on the Huffington Post Live, MSNBC Today, Yoga City NYC, Jay Brown's Yoga Talks, The Shakti Hour, and more. She has a book called Three, Yoga 365, and it was released by Chronicle Books in October 2016. I hope that you enjoy this episode, and I'm going to leave you in this moment with a poem by one of my favorite Indian mystic saints named Mirabai. It's a very short poem. We get into some of Susanna's writing in the, in the episode, so it's good. Mirabai says, If you invite him in, Krishna will come. Get ready. He will ruin everything, especially our sleep. Sending everybody listening so much love. If you can, give us a rating on iTunes. I really want the show to keep growing and keep reaching people and hopefully helping to bring some relief into this wild and crazy experience of life. Welcome back to Soul Crush. Today I am interviewing my soul crush, Susanna Harwood Rubin. Hi, Susanna. Hi. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thank yeah. You Thank you for making the time. I'm going to start by reading something that you wrote recently that I really loved. Mm -hmm. It was actually in your last um, post that you wrote. It's called My Body is a Forest. My body is a forest. No one knows it but me. To see it, to know it, I have to push aside its dense tree branches and gently slapping leaves. But there is layer upon layer of all this, a labyrinth of crooked vegetal walls. Under my feet are seeds, roots, moss, and quiet dead things transforming into new sorts of living things. And with each step I take, a soft sigh of decay rises upward, reminding me of something I can no longer remember. My first doctor said to me, I know how you feel, like your body has been invaded. No, I said, you don't know how I feel. You don't know me. You don't know anything about me. And I walked away from that hospital and that doctor because she couldn't see that I was a forest. She had no idea. She didn't know that she was a forest too. And so are you. We all are. The last time I heard my words read out loud by someone. So that was actually such a gift to me. I was like, oh, <laughs> and not knowing that you're going to read it was, was also a sweet surprise, such a gift. So thank you. Um, you know, the forest means so many things to me that I could actually just talk about that for the next hour. <laughs> but um, Great, me too. <laughs> I mean, the forest is always a metaphor for your consciousness, for your heart, for your, um, for your whole being, you know, because it's dense and it's dark and it's beautiful and it's perilous. It's, it's a place, it's scary. And whether you're looking at like Grimm's fairy tales of, 
Red Riding Hood and going into the forest and Hansel and Gretel and getting lost and all these things, or you're looking at the great um, Hindu myths of, um, you know, of Nataraja and, and Kali's dance and, and, you know, it's always the forest is, is perilous and the forest is beautiful. And it's, it's where the artistry happens because it's shadowy and strange and indefinite. And you think you see something and maybe it's there and it's not. Mm. And there are little dark corners and then there are flowers and then there are things that can kill you like snakes and like, you know, and it goes on and on and on. And so it's, um, and everything right there is in the act of decaying and being born at the same time. Mm. And so the forest is powerful you know, to me for all those reasons. And um, currently, as you alluded to, I'm going through treatment for breast cancer and the chemotherapy I'm currently on right now, because this is my third kind. <laughs> and I'm almost to the end. I'm very happy. As of today, I'm three quarters of the way through that. Mm. And I will be fine. So anyone else, don't worry. I'll be okay. <laughs> it's rough, but I'll be okay. Um, the current, when I'm, current chemo that I'm being given is made from trees, like a kind of pine tree. Wow. And when I found that out, it was so much easier for me to handle psychologically. Yeah. And I just, and I got like this vision while I was sitting there and, you know, having this stuff dripping into my veins of just very slowly trees and pine trees and vegetation emerging from every corner of my body as this liquid moved into me. And I was able to see it as this less separation between me and it. Mm and like being in the forest and being part of the forest and my body being this forest in this place where there's beauty and there's peril and there's, there's love and there's, um, you know, sexuality and there's aloneness and there are all these things mixed together all at once. And that's what I mean sort of by your body, your forest, you know, we're each a forest, we're each this little world. And, um, and even when you go into Krishna lore, you know, when he's seducing everyone, he's, they're going into the forest with him, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and then when they emerge, the forest is in their heart and they don't need to go in there anymore because they've internalized it. Mm. So anyway, as I said, I could go on and on, but, um, my heart is very much with Shiva Nataraja and with Kali, Tilai Kali and Tilai Kali is the Tilai forest, which is poisonous mm. to everyone, but those who inhabit it. Mm. very careful if you're a visitor so it's you know there's so i live sort of in my mind and in my heart in this place where i have extensive conversations with kali and <laughs> and shiva yeah. you know that's kind of my world i've never heard it described like that that you know that is that it is this forest and that you know it's only dangerous to those who don't inhabit it yeah that's like so powerful. And as you were speaking, thank you for sharing all of that. And I just want to say thank you for sharing your whole process um, so openly and so vulnerably because I know, you know, each and every one of us as humans has a different path, you know, and, and you know, I can't imagine what you've been experiencing because um, I haven't been through it. And I know that it's really helping people to, to feel your, your expression and what the medicine that you're finding, it seems to me in your writing as well. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what I would do without writing right now. I, I honestly, like I'd be out of my mind. Mm -hmm. And when I write, I wrote this piece years ago for, I used to write on and off for the HuffPost. Um, I wrote this piece years ago, I shouldn't call it, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. about writing. 
and um, and it's sort of like extracting these wordless things from you. And when you assign words to something, when you put words to an experience that you didn't know you could put words to, suddenly that's it gives you a way of dealing with it because mm. now you can name that thing. Mm. And and it's both limiting but also freeing because you're like, okay, now I can talk about this thing mm. and I've named it. And it's not this wordless thing running riot inside of me. Mm -hmm. you know? And it's interesting. Like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And interesting how it, I mean, I feel like it's with everything, it's this paradox, right? Because it, like, I feel so much what you just said. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. That's why I do a lot of inner work. That's why I go to therapy. That's why like, I, I explore all this, this inner forest, basically. That's why I'm like always, you know, and when, when, when we do find, or when it's validated in some way, you know, it's, it, it almost immediately brings relief to the suffering that I think can be caused when it is just like you said, running around in the dark or, um, and then also there's this whole other element of being a yogi or yogini, um, or an aspiring yogi and yogini of demolishing or um, being willing to step away from the stories that we create yeah. um, in other moments, you know? And, and I find them both to be equally as valid. Yeah. It's so true. It's like a story that you can rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite as you develop. And every time it's, it's different maybe, or maybe sometimes it's the same. And yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Will you say more about Kali? Oh, yes. <laughs> and who she is and for our, you know, those of those listening that don't know and just to, I feel like it's come up a lot recently around, you know, just on social media, you know, the, the, our, our Western interpretation of it and, you know, kind of, I know that you've been to, and maybe you could share with us too, where, you know, you've learned a lot of these, a lot of this tradition and, and this um, spiritual practice and also, you know, what, what it means to you and, and how we can, um, you know, understand it and understand her a little bit better. Yeah, it's, it's kind of my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, can, I, can I actually read a poem? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. So this is by a Bengali, Bengali devotional poet by the name of Ramlal Dastata. Mm -hmm. and, um, and this is a really, it's, it's a, easy to find online. It's like if you search the first line, you'll be able to find it. But um, it's often misattributed. And so anyway, it's by Ramlal Dastata. Um, because you love the cremation grounds, I've made my heart one. So that you, black goddess of the burning grounds, can always dance there. No desires are left, Ma, on the pyre, for the fire burns my heart. And I have covered everything with its ash to prepare for your coming. As for the conqueror of death, the destructive lord, he can lie at your feet. But you, come Ma, dance to the beat. I'll watch you with my eyes closed. Mm. Beautiful one. So whether you know who she is or not, I think it's sort of, it's so beautiful anyway, even if you have no idea what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Kali is the most primal thing that exists. Kali is existence at its most primal. It's your primal self. She is your primal self. Um, her name means time. Her name means 
death. Her name means all these things. Um, and she is known as time itself or as death. And she's interesting. I mean, she is one of the many forms of Shiva's beloved. And he likes to hang out in the cremation ground too. Mm-hmm. And so covering yourself with the ash, when you see people with ash in their forehead and stuff like that, it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like to hang out in the cremation ground because it's where, you know, death is, is dissolved or life is dissolved mm-hmm. into death so that life can begin again. Mm-hmm. So it's very much like, you know, in Western terms, like Phoenix rising from the ashes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it's in the moonlight, which is the Soma, which is the intoxication and the beauty. Mm-hmm. And, um, and white is also the color of sexual fluid. So it's this idea of procreation, mm-hmm. of intoxication with the moon, mm-hmm. and of death. With the, so the three most primal things <laughs> in life, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, you know, we're born, we dance around, we do our thing, we, you know, dissolve. <laughs> yeah. And um, so it's really about like that reality and being with that and knowing that when we're born, you know, we come in to this world like with a howl and it's bloody and it's messy mm-hmm. and it's intense. And then we exit, you know, with our breath and we dissolve once again. So mm. she's really about that. Mm. He is like the pre, she's kind of the pre-verbal mm. in a way. Mm. And she's known as like the most ferocious of goddesses. Mm. And she's transgressive. Like she's usually topless with like um, a skirt of, of arms and legs. I mean, it's really like grotesque. And, and she carries, you know, she has her tongue hanging out in fangs, which is very crass, blood dripping from everywhere. She has, you know, usually a bloody head dripping into, you know, a, a bowl, a skull bowl, a sword. Sometimes she is the gestures of abaya, fearlessness, and varada mudra, which is um, offering back out again. Mm -hmm. And so she's kind of crass and wild and her hair is knotted and matted and she's often standing on top of Shiva. So when you see that image, a lot of people are like, oh, that's, she's killing Shiva. No, she's not. She can't kill Shiva. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's on top of him because he cools her. Mm. He brings her heat back into what he cools her heat, Mm. which is much more beautiful. Mm -hmm. He's the stillness to her emotion. Mm. he's agitation and heat and wildness and passion and all this stuff. And he's like, I'm going to cool you down because I'm the only one who can, because I'm Shiva, I'm your beloved, you know? So Mm. he's a very interesting figure because here's a very important point about who she is. She is all possibility. Mm. She's everything that could ever conceivably happen. Mm. And so she's scary. Yeah. Living in a place where anything and everything can happen is terrible. And it's not a place a lot of people are comfortable, you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's because it's primal and there are no rules and it's, it's creepy and it's, you know, and all that. But think if we didn't have that, if our lives were so circumscribed that we were living by this, this step, then this step, then this step, then this step, and there was no Kali. And then there'd be no point in living. We'd be like, well, I know it's going to happen for the rest of my life. I might as well just check out now, you know? So she opens things up into that frightening place of possibility. Mm. And, And I think that what's really key to remember is that all the names of the deities, like when you talk about Kali or Shiva or Krishna or whatever, they're all named aspects of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So when you internalize the story, just like internalizing the forest or recognizing that you're a forest, you know, in your collections of stories, yeah. uh, that's when it gets beautiful. Mm-hmm. So everyone's Kali. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we have that in us. It's part of who we are. It's just a named part of ourselves. And when we're in touch with that primal, we're not in control, and that's really scary part of us, we can live more easily. Because I've been in deep Kali sadhana, Kali mm-hmm. spiritual practice going through, I don't know what's happening. You know, all this stuff is happening with my body. And you have to just kind of give up and, and release into her arms. Mm-hmm. She's nature. How do you feel that, because I oftentimes will teach it like that too, and, and I hear about it talk, you know, that in that way of these aspects of the gods and the goddesses are, are, you know, these names are, you know, aspects of us, or even Sally Kempton will talk about it as like, you know, psychological aspects almost in a certain way, you know, and I know from my own experience, the deepest surrender for me personally has come from not necessarily feeling like it's me. Like like also being like, I'm devoted to this, you know, whether it be Kali or whether it be a moment of, you know, know, devotion to Jesus or, you know, like something that isn't me personally, you know? And I think that sometimes in our, in our, you know, I'm generalizing, but in our modern kind of spiritual world, and this isn't what I hear you say at all. I'm not, this isn't, I didn't hear you say this at all. I'm just speaking to things that I hear myself say. And I hear, you know, then I hear other, you know, people interpret it in this way of like, well, it's just this angry part of me that's just going to be like, well, fuck this. And like, you know, now I'm going to have boundaries and you know what I mean? And then you're like, then you go to try to have a boundary with something that's like fucking thousands of years old and you can't. And then you feel like shit about yourself that you're not like Kali enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we have so many ways to like our spiritual ego can like really kind of twist and turn things around. So, you know, what I'm feeling from you as you're speaking, I just want to reflect. I'm also feeling your deep devotion to Kali, you know, I'm feeling this deep devotion to that, that mother that, you know, is going to hold us and love us through it all. And we are like at, uh, in certain moments, like terrified children, you know, and I feel your devotion. Um, and I just know you personally, cause I've known you yeah. for, I don't know, a long time. You've been one of my teachers, um, when I lived in New York, um, and, you know, I've learned a lot from you. And even now from afar, I just really appreciate and want to acknowledge your path, you know, because, you know, um, I think it's, it is something that is like, and like what you're speaking to the embodiment of it is, is really powerful. You know, I'm not denying that, you know, it's not just about, you know, the power being out of us. It is this deep embodiment of it, but I think there is a a dance between, you know, this willingness to actually say, I'm so small and I don't have control over this. And I need, you know, something else that can really take on some kind of fierce love and fierce miracles or fierce trust that I don't, I don't have within me right now. And um, will you share a little bit about how that in this, in this time, how that's, shown up for you like in your moments i'm i'm assuming there's and i'm from what i've read moments of you know like deep despair or moments of you know deep hopelessness and 
you know, I think things that we can all relate to in our own ways that of how you, how you deal with that and deal with the emotional pain that comes along with the things that we're asked to like face in this way. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the first thing I want to touch on the first thing that you were saying, because I think that's really important what you just brought up as well about, um, you know, when we, when we pray, however it is that we pray, you know, um, and whatever praying even means, there's sort of two mm-hmm. approaches. And one is praying for the descent of grace, mm. like it's not you, you know, and, and you have to ask for it to descend upon you. And then the other way is saying, it's all within me, but I have to call upon that. And it's interesting because you're right in that, like, although I see it more as like named aspects of of ourselves at the same time, I am like profoundly devoted to these energies and they're energies in the world. So it's not just like, she's me, she's out there in the world. Like, and I watch, you know, you know, a bird attacking another bird or something, you know, there's something like, you know, it's like, that's, that's Kali stuff too. And it's just like the kind of the cruelty of nature and, and stuff like that. It's out there. It's energy that exists in the universe. Mm-hmm. And so I both call to that energy, which I see around me and outside of me mm-hmm. and that I call Kali. And I also call to it within myself. So I guess it's kind of both. Yeah. And, and I think that it's, I often explain it like that simply because if people aren't, familiar with the Hindu deities. Yeah. It's so radically different than how most of us were raised, you know, unless we were raised, you know, in some religious context, which a lot of people, at least that I work with have kind of moved away from in some way. And that, you know, I think that is where the devotional aspect can get lost, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, um, it makes it, like when I see, you know, if I teach a yoga class and I'm like talking about this stuff and I see some people looking really like, mm, this is in my tradition, what are we talking about? Do I have to like believe in this? You know, I just say, look, just think of it as a part of you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay. Like let the story happen inside of you and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so I say that as a way of giving people access. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ch- be chanting to Kali. Oh, tonight's the first night of Navaratri, the nine nights yeah. of the goddess. Mm-hmm. So we're usually it's three nights of Durga, three nights of, Lakshmi, three nights of Saraswati, or all Durga, or all, you know, you can do it how, kind of however you want. Yeah. But um, what will you do yeah, for that? What does that look like? Well, I'm going to, there are a lot of traditions. I usually just keep it to like sort of chanting and lighting candles. And um, I'll chant, you know, I'll be chanting to Durga and Kali tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very suspicious for having this talk um, tonight yeah. together. Um, but I didn't want to ignore the second part of your question, which is, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, this has been, before my surgery, because I had a, um, a bilateral mastectomy, um, double, which means a double mastectomy. I mean, I was so in such a profound place of despair that I just didn't even want to live. You know, and I, and I, I can say that now because I'm so far from that mentality, but I, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to panic my family or anything. But I mean, I just kind of didn't even want to go on. Like, I just was like, how can this be happening to me? And you get the, you know, the why is the universe being so awful to me you know and and all that stuff but it's it's beyond that it's like the most profound despair Mm -hmm. um and it was and then once i had the surgery it was just about like managing pain and recovery so it became a very different thing because you're managing pain and recovery you don't have time for 
despair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're just like, I'm in pain. I'm in pain. How can I not be in pain? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then all the chemo and, you know, and then I'll have reconstruction and then radiation. I mean, it's just so much that, um, and there are moments where I'm hit by a little miniature wave of despair. I haven't had that much. I've been in pretty good spirits lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and remember, remembering what I felt like, you know, in May, I, you know, and just like, Oh my God, I can't even, I can't even handle that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for, leading up to my surgery, I was crying like, you know, I don't know, like 30 times a day. I don't know. You name it. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. few minutes all day long, you know, for like 30 yeah. seconds. And yeah. it was, um, and I'm grateful that I have a sadhana, a spiritual path. So grateful. I don't know how people get through it without that. Mm-hmm. And that I've had, you know, 10 years, this year makes 10 years that I've been going to the Tilai Kali Temple and the Great Temple of Nataraja in South India. And um, that's such a huge part of me that I feel like that temple is within me. It's deeply inside of me because I've spent so much time there. And um, so I could close my eyes and go there and feel my feet on the stones and um, smell the smells and hear the chanting and, and feel that within me, there was always that sense of home, spiritual mm. home. Because even the first time I went there 10 years ago, I walked in like I've been here my whole life. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, you know, when, when you have that experience. And that's really like what's been get, what got me through. I mean, I've also been blessed with a wonderful family and incredible friends and um, very, very fortunate. And the yoga community is like stepped up in ways I can't even begin to mm. describe like how generous and giving and loving people have been. Mm. So it's actually really um, that sense of wonderment that like all these people care about me. (laughs) Like in the middle of feeling so alone, all these people are like, can I bring you food? Can I do this? Can I go with you to chemo? I'm like, really? I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to like, I can't go to chemo by myself. And all these people are like, I'll come, I'll come, I'll come, I'll come, I'll come, I'll take Mm. you. And it's just like amazing. So I've had this outpouring of love, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I, I feel every day I'm amazed and grateful. You know, I'm, I'm still like, I can't believe this has happened to my body and I'm going through this and it's so unpleasant. Um, but I'm lucky cause I'm going to be okay mm-hmm. and I'll get through it. And you know, I'm lucky. I'm glad I'm alive and, and I'm glad that I have love in my, so much love in my life that I've been so well taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in a state of so, sort of adbuta, like wonderment. Mm-hmm. And then also gratitude mm-hmm. for the sweetness I've been shown. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's been really surprising, actually. However, I kind of, I assumed I would be depressed for the rest of my life mm-hmm. <laughs> and in despair. And mm-hmm. instead, I've been like, you know, you go through all the rasas, the ang- from anger to the grotesque to, I mean, there have also been, I have one friend who's like, wow, you're so much funnier. My friend Gigi's like, <laughs> funnier since you got cancer and you know and she's really been through it in her family her husband you know mm-hmm. almost died. so so when she says that I know where she's coming from and she's been with me you know from day one yeah and but it's but it's kind of funny because when you're in a place of such absurdity and intensity like yeah. you sort of have to develop a morbid sense of humor or like yeah <laughs> what it is yeah. because you have to be able to laugh you have to be able to laugh and it's such you a have to. that like you know, if I chose to be like, kind of stay curled in on myself the way I felt sometimes, I just like, I'm not living. 
and yeah. I'm letting cancer win. Yeah. And I'm not going to let that win because I have so many projects and so many things and so much writing I need to do and so many more books to write and like mm. <laughs> on and on and on. So it's anyway, it's, that's a long, 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 complicated answer, but. No, it's beautiful. And I think I, you know, it's, it's super helpful to just hear all of that and just to, just to feel into your experience. I think that that's something, especially for those of us that, you know, walk quote unquote spiritual paths. It's like our human experience is the spiritual path. I mean, it is our sadhana, you know? And I think when something like this happens, you really fucking see it and you're like, oh, I can't keep these things separate anymore, actually. You know, where initially sometimes we can or we think they are, or we have this, you know, naturally we have ideas about, you know, what this means and this is sacred and this isn't and this is, you know, all these things. And then when something like this happens or, you know, when any tragedy or grief, you know, like what you're saying of that kind of crying, I mean, you know, the, the grieving that has to happen, you know, um, and that are, I think our, sometimes our culture isn't really, um, and you're so lucky and blessed to have people in your life, like you said, that can, that could hold that and support that. Because I think sometimes, and for some people out there that go through grief that don't have that, you know, they don't have people that can hold them in that, or, you know, that that in itself can, it can, I feel, perpetuate our suffering. Um, and as opposed to being able to, you know, let it out. So thank you for sharing all that. And I could, I could sit here and listen to you for so long. I mean, there's just so much, there's just so much medicine and wisdom in your, in your words, in your breath, in your life right now, because of who you are and what you're, you know, what you're going through, but also everything you've been through even before this happened and everything that has led you to this moment, you know, that we're sharing here. And I would love to hear um, two things. Well, one of them, I want to read you a poem, a John O'Donohue poem about laughter, um, because you brought that up. And I'm ready when I was tuning into this and I was like, oh, I posted it earlier, but I was like, oh, I have to read that poem to her. And then you mentioned the laughter thing. So that is like kind of perfect. Um, but I'll read it after you answer um, this. I was curious because I'm always trying to break the molds in my own way around what beauty means. And even in, you know, the modern yoga culture of, you know, what it, what beauty, you know, I think sometimes what's put out there and presented can, not that people are necessarily doing this on purpose or, you know, I don't, I sometimes can be such a naysayer in a certain way, but I'm really not. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just to say, sometimes it can feel like, you know, beauty is like, looks like this or is like this. And, you know, I think I really try my best to hold spaces for others and myself and am held in a space of really acknowledging what beauty actually is. And so I am assuming, and you can obviously tell me if I'm wrong, um, that you have been confronting some of that in your own experience. Mm -hmm and um, what you've been learning around what beauty is and what we've been conditioned to believe about it um, and any, you know, any struggles and or uh, insights um, around that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I've always had sort of the typical, the stereotypical yoga body, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm like a skinny chick who like, you know, yeah. who's like pretty muscular and wiry and, um, and I've actually always really loved my body. So that's different than a lot of women and a lot of my friends. And I've been blessed that I've had that relationship to my body. And mm. I, know that, 
I think to my parents, you know, um, that they had good body image and we always enjoyed food and, you know, in, in a way that I, I don't know, I can't explain it, but I feel like they boosted me so much as a child that I felt mm-hmm. things usually. But I mean, for me, you know, I wrote this one thing I wrote that you probably read on Instagram and Facebook about, you know, losing my breasts was bad enough. And that to me, I was like, I kind of want to die rather than lose my breasts. That's how I felt before the surgery, because the idea of my body that I'd always loved so much that I'm losing this, this sign and this signifier of femininity in this really deep way was just like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I didn't want anyone to know. I kind of wanted to just go underground and not tell anyone. And I'm actually not someone who talks about my personal stuff on social media yeah. at all. Like mm-hmm. never see a picture of a guy I was dating. You never saw a picture like, no, 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 no. I was like, that's private and public is different. And, um, and the reason why, and this is related to this whole issue, I really didn't want anyone to know about this. Mm-hmm. I just thought, okay, it's happening in May. I take the summer off. I'm back in September. You know, I have to be rebuilt, but maybe no one will know, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I realized the reason why I went public was not, I actually, I wasn't looking for sympathy. I wasn't looking for empathy. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just felt very strongly after really struggling with it, really struggling with my privacy issues um, that I had to, I had to walk the talk and here I am talking about, you know, I have this book, you know, yoga 365 and in it, I, a lot of it is like dealing with the tough stuff and handling anger and, you know, all these things that we deal with as people in the world and that we talk about as, as yoga teachers. And here I am like, but everything I've ever written, all these articles, my book, my this, my that, over the years, and here I am, like, I don't want anyone to know when I'm going through something. Mm. So what does that say about me? And does that invalidate everything I've ever written? Mm. You know, instead as a yoga teacher. And mm-hmm. once I realize, realized that in order to be in integrity as a yogin, and that really was the issue for me. Mm-hmm. I want to have integrity more than I want anything else, you know? Mm-hmm. And I had to be I had to be honest about it. I couldn't pretend, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you guys all go through stuff. Not me. I'm fine. I'm just vanishing for three months. I'll see you in, I'll see you in a while. I'm like, no. And thank God, because after I had the surgery, I found out the extent of it and that I would be in treatment for months and months and months. So I couldn't have vanished anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but once I realized I needed to, to be honest about it, it was like a weight off my shoulders because I didn't have to debate it. I wasn't in Kali land of possibility anymore. I was like, I was land of like, do the right thing. Like, this is what I need to do. I have my yeah. mission in front of me. Yeah. And then I was amazed at, at the love I got. But I didn't want people, the idea that people would be like looking at my body for the rest of my life being like, oh, those boobs are fake. You know, that was a really, really tough thing for me. Mm. And now I actually don't care. Mm. And anyone who wants to see what it looks like in my mastectomy scars, I'm like, here it is. Yeah. Friends, my female friends. I mean, I don't do it in front of groups of people. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, but I, but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to drag this thing out that so many women go through. Yeah, you know, on this dark, shadowy place in the back of our like psychological closets, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and say like, this is real. And by the way, it's not just like, oh, I just got you know, I'm It's no big deal. Like, no, it's awful. Mm-hmm. It's atrocious. Like, let's not be kid around about it. And it is going to change the way you feel about your body. But what's strange is that I didn't, I thought like, oh my God, I'm going to feel less feminine and this and that. And I actually don't. Mm. Right now I can say I, I don't actually. I feel more profoundly feminine 
-hmm. which is weird. And I can't entirely explain why, mm. but I think because I had to really look at what it meant to be feminine. And it's not mm -hmm. that I thought it was all about having breasts, but it's funny how even as wise and as enlightened, as enlightened as you think you might be, something like that happens in like every fear you've ever had and every stereotype you've had about your femininity and who you think you are and mm -hmm. who you are publicly. It's like, comes to a screeching halt and you're like, guess what? You need to start all over again. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, when I started losing my hair and, you know, I'm cold capping, which is a way of preserving as much hair as possible. Yeah. And so, and now it's the shedding is stopped. And I, so, but you know, I've lost definitely 50% of my hair, which is why I'm wearing a scarf now. And I will be wearing a scarf for the next year of my life until, you know, I've had hair down to my waist most of my life. So yeah. that's going to be a while, but, um, you know, and then I was like, God, on top of my breasts, now my hair, like I'm losing all the trappings of like femininity mm. that I've always enjoyed so profoundly, like showing yeah. up, you know, and so, and it's made me spend a lot more time thinking about women, not that I didn't before, but a lot more time thinking about women who have really, really struggled with their body mm -hmm. image and their mm -hmm. sense of self and incredible compassion and awareness because I went from being like love my body everything's great to mm -hmm. being like having part of it amputated and yeah. then losing my hair and being part bald on the sides of my head and you know it, it's let me tell you it is a trip but yeah. I and right now I'm like my you know I pencil in but I've lost about half my eyelashes mm -hmm. and my eyebrows and you know it's really like wow you're going to keep testing me mm -hmm. okay universe yeah. This time in Kali Sadhana because like <laughs> Right, because the the yeah. amount of love and what I'm hearing from you is, you know, like I said, I I can't imagine and won't pretend like I, I like I do. And what I feel like is underneath it is, you know, pulling more and more. And obviously this isn't all the time and I, I know I can feel the struggle within it and also, but it's pulling out more and more like authentic, what feels like authentic love, what feels like authentic, ex like acceptance. And I don't know that acceptance could be not authentic, but you know, this, this, this really deep knowing of, of who you are beyond the body, you know what I mean? And that's like, you know, I mean, it's so, I mean, I'm even saying the words, it's like ridiculous to even say it because then when you're inside the experience, it's different. And, and I totally know that in my own ways, but I also really do feel like that is such powerful medicine for us to share with one another, you know, because yeah, as we age, you know, I mean, I think we just are so conditioned to like as we age, you know, that we get like worse. And, you know, if we get fatter as we get older, then we're like, we get, you know, we're not as wise. And, you know, I was, I was listening to this talk. Um, there's this um, pastor that I really like. His name is um, T.D. Jakes, Bishop Jakes. And he was really affirming um, the older women in the community. And he was just saying like, I don't care if you went from like a size 16 to 26, and like, you know, you're the good days are not behind you. Like the good days are still to come, you know? And he was just like radically affirming there. And he was, yeah, he was just like, you know, like your beauty is like, you are beautiful. Like it is not, you know, like you're 
you know, and your wisdom, like your sons and your daughters that have degrees, like they don't have the wisdom that you have. You know, if I need someone to like pray for me, I'm going to come to you. I'm not going to go to them, you know? And, and there's like, there is this like deep, like I said, beauty, but also like the wisdom, like the, like, like beauty that is actually like wisdom to me is beauty, you know? And I, I, I feel this from you and I feel this from, you know, obviously not every older person, I don't know, but you know, when people have lived a life and have, have utilized the things that they've gone through to, to be more in the world or to be more of service to others or to, to, or even just to fucking live through it, you know, is in itself, like you don't have to do anything else a lot of times. I mean, other than maybe totally, you know, come out of it and, and be bitter for the rest of your life, you know, but it's like, to come out of like maybe that I don't know how, but you know, no, people do people right do that. People right totally, and they're bitter for the rest of their lives right. And I reconstruct a surgeon's office, you know, because I go in there and get like little saline fills until I'm yeah. ready, until I'm ready for my silicone implants. Woohoo! Yeah, um, and the one of the women who works there at the desk, she's she's great. She's really cool, and she's like, you can't believe she's like there are women who come in here. For feel, like you come in, you're like, hey, what's up? And you know, and I'm like, I never thought I'd be that person. I'm actually amazed that I'm that person. She said there are women who come in here and it's four months after their surgery and they're still in their pajamas with their shoulders hunched in and they look like they've aged 30 years. There are women who come in there and yeah. say, I haven't let my husband see me yet. And they're two months out from their surgery. And then you've got to wonder like, what kind of a relationship are you in? First of all, but I mean, like, Cause that's the person who should be like, I love you so much. I mean, and it was a trip her telling me this. I couldn't believe it. And I just, mm. you know, I was like, I want to help them. Can I help them? You know what yeah. I mean? And, and I was like, and I thought I was going to be the person who was bitter and upset and angry and depressed yeah. for the rest of my life. And I was kind of, but you get to the point where, and this is the thing we all, we all are in this situation every single day of our lives, every single breath we take, which is like, what are you going to do with it now? What are you going to do with it now? What are you going to do about this? And how about this? And how about this? From when you wake up and you're like, do I want to roll over? Do I want to get up and make my tea? You know, or do I want to, you know, and you, that could vary morning to morning, but like right. every single moment we're at a threshold, every single moment we get to make a choice. And this is the, this is part of the beauty of Kali. Mm -hmm. You have infinite choice. I mean, things happen to us, bad things happen. So, you know, you might, get a bad thing happen to you that you can't control. We can't choose everything that happens to us, but we can choose how we deal with it. We can choose how we file it away in our minds and in our hearts mm. and like where we want to put it. And I, I'm, I continue to be surprised mm. at the fact that I'm not depressed right now. I'm, I'm shocked to be quite honest. I'm like, why am I not totally depressed and crying all the time? Mm -hmm. I don't even, maybe like once a week, mm. you know, I, I cry and it's like for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it's, it's weird. Like when I first had this happen, when I first had my surgery, I mean, I had tubes coming out of me with like, you know, fluid dripping into tubes. I mean, it's crazy. What, <laughs> this is like nuts, this surgery. Yeah. And I would look at myself in the mirror then drugged up out of my mind on painkillers. And, and I would say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I would mm -hmm. touch, you know, I couldn't lift my arms much mm -hmm. at all that first week. You can't really lift even from the elbow is really tough to move anything because everything hurts so much. Yeah. But I would look and I would try to like, when I could like touch my, my, where my breasts used to be and say like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I would look at my scars and I was like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm alive. I love you. 
Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would have tears streaming down my face and I'd be staring in the mirror and I was like, I love you. Mm-hmm. And now I can look in the mirror and there are no tears. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it's surreal actually. And, it, and, you know, and I know I want to help other women with this, you know? Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say because I think, yeah. you know, when you describe those women, it's like, I mean, my heart, you know, I just feel that so so deeply. And I, I also would assume that every, you know, of course, every person has their own timing. It's like, like I said, it keeps reminding me of grief, you know, which like there isn't any, there's no rules. Like some people just, you know, it's, we all deal with these things differently, but I also feel like you have tools, you know what I mean? And it's not just like you have tools. So like use your tools, you know, like, because that fucking doesn't work when you're like depressed. It's like, you can have all the tools in the world and you're like, I don't give a fuck about these tools. You know, I want someone else to do it. So it's more like the inner, like the grace, like what I'm hearing you say, like, I don't even, it's almost unbelievable that I'm not, you know, to me, that's grace. Like that courage that you have right now, that it like as a quote unquote tool to me, that's, that's grace. And, you know, part of it is maybe all of your years of study and practice and devotion. And, and to me, it's mostly grace like who fucking knows but you're here and you're in this and that was one of the one of the last things I want to ask you is what you just said of like how how do you or can you see yet um and maybe not but can you see any of the ways that you will hold open this door of courage and of grace for other other women or other people going through similar experiences um because like I said, you've already been doing that. So I'm not like saying you should or you have to because I've already, everything you've been doing has already been doing that. Like I've said, I've sent your Instagram account to so many people, so many women. Yeah, so many women that I know that are going through it um, or going through, you know, initial stages and the fears around it. And I just always send them your work because it's so powerful because it's just so human and authentic. And um, and yeah, this this grace that's allowing you to be available in that way because it's just not going to be the way it is it's not supposed to be that way for everybody you know um but uh, yeah do you have any any uh insights or uh you know intuitions around how you might you know moving forward you know um well it's it's interesting because i've been compiling like lists of things that people should know about the surgery um, mm. that you're not necessarily told by your doctors about chemotherapy, different types of chemotherapy and ways to like protect your body and protect yourself. And, um, and even like ones that are okayed by Western medicine, because I know like I have not been allowed to like do Chinese herbs and stuff, which is something I normally am really into, um, yeah. cause they don't know so many of the contraindications and this and that. So I can't wait to like be done with this chemo so I can like dive back into that again. Yeah. Um, but I've been just, there's so many things that you can do to protect yourself, to take care of yourself. I and mean, the side effects are crazy and there's a lot you can do and mm. just different ways, different things women need to know. And so I'm compiling lists of stuff and I don't know how I'm going to make it available, but I mean, there's so much to know that you, I mean, I've had to learn, I've had to work to learn this stuff. And part of the thing that happened is that I was, because I was public, women wrote to me, women I knew who I was friends with, like, who I didn't know had gone through this because I hadn't wow. seen them in years or something. Yeah. And we were kind of half friend, half acquaintance through the yoga world. And yeah. people said, oh, look, you know, I do this, do this, do this. And I was like, oh my goodness, thank you. Then I would tell someone else, do these things. And then, so I have accrued all these little bits of information from all over the place. And I'm, I'm going to make a document and I'm going to, 
I don't know yet how I'm going to make it available because, you know, I, I just, I'm like, do I do a free download from my website? But that's right. like, it's not my website's like, you know, yoga and writing and art, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so do I, but I, I mean, think you, I think you could, I mean, I feel like you're, your yoga is also you, you know, I mean, you know, this is opposite to you, but I just also feel like from what I've seen out there with women that I'm really inspired by, you know, I'm inspired by all of them, you know? And so, you know, if I'm looking to you for yoga and that's not necessarily my path, you know, I would just still go to that, you know, but I think even, you know, having that there, I mean, I think could, could also yeah. totally work, you know, give it to people. I just want to be like here. Yeah. Here's some things to consider. Here's some things to think about. Here are my personal tips. I even yeah. thought about asking, and I don't know if they'll want it, you know, but it's like, cause you know, but the nurses and stuff at the, where I get my chemotherapy who are phenomenal. Mm. Um, they're really amazing and they're so knowledgeable. I can't believe how much I've learned from them. So it's like little bits and pieces. Even if I just said, Hey, if anyone wants this, they yeah. can, you know, they can go to my website and download it for free or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. So I'll, I have to figure out some way of getting it out there because it's or an ebook or, you know, I mean, I'm sure you just, because even included with some of your writings that are just yeah. so, and I'm like, now I'm just going to, you know, I'm like, now we're like in it. Now we're in like a coaching session or something somehow, but you know, I'm just like, Ooh, like I can just yeah. see it, you know, like, and having your writings and like having writing prompts and like supporting women yeah. in the inner journey of it too. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, that is a huge aspect of what you're offering. I think. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I think it's, and I would like to do, yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of women who feel very alone because yeah. this always was an older woman's disease, you know, and now it's not anymore. Yeah. And so there are yeah. all these women who are like, oh my God, this is happening to me and none of my friends, I mean, for me, I'm like, this is happening to me and none of my friends. So it's like, oh, that one and that one. But I mean, I don't know that many other women, friends of mine who've gone through this, one, two, I can think of, that's it. Yeah. One's in yeah. Miami and one's in New York, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, and the extent of the chemotherapy and the radiation, everything I'm dealing with is beyond, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. I, there are a lot of ideas I have that I have to figure out a lot of the writing I, I've done. I mean, I was just writing to like, get it out there, heal myself, yeah. educate all this stuff. I was just writing cause writing's my thing yeah. and that's what made me feel better. And then my literary agent um, was like, Susanna, we're going to do something with this, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't want to write a cancer book. I mean, if I do something like that, I'm going to give it out for free. But I know that like, hmm. like I'm not interested in reading cancer books because I'm living it. I don't need to, I don't want to read about it. So it's right. like enough already. But, um, but I, but the, a lot of the writing I've done, I will probably now that I have more distance and it's been several months of me writing these things, I think that I will turn it into a book, but it won't be cancer specific. Right. It'll be, this is where I'm coming from. This is who I am. This is what I'm going through. But right. this is stuff that we all, you know, it's like whether you've lost someone or whether you've gone yeah. through a yeah. depression or whether, you know, some or an eating disorder or like or anything or, you know. Yeah. Um, it's like how to keep moving forward in the face of really intense, yeah. you know, really fierce grace. You know, yeah. I think it's like, how do you, how do we keep moving forward in that? So thank you so much. And I just like, I bow at your, you know, at your feet for just being, you know, so willing to, to share and um, just to, to be stepping in, in the ways that you are. It's really, um, it's really, it really touches my heart, you know, to, to feel you 
um, in the world in the way that you are, you know, and not just because it's, you know, you're not depressed. Like, even if you were super depressed, you know, it's like, that would also make fucking sense. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, cause even when you would share those things, it's like, to me, that's what we need. You know, we need one another to be in our vulnerability. And that's part of what this whole show that I'm, you know, hosting is about, you know, how like really holding space for, for others faith and um, sharing what, how they came to their faith. So, and, and how we continue to, to walk in it, even, you know, amidst really intense stuff and challenges and, and all that. So thank you for sharing so openly and all of your wisdom is, is so felt and appreciated. So I want to close asking you um, one last question and then I'll read that uh, John O'Donohue poem. And the question is, who is one or two of your soul crushes? Someone that, you know, you really could be someone you personally know and or, you know, just somebody dead or alive that has really, you know, helped your soul, you know, continue to, to, to move forward, maybe during this time. Um, we know Kali. Kali, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for someone who's alive and um, who I've actually met and stuff, Patty Smith. Mmm, me too. Because yeah, Patty. <laughs> I mean, it, with the day I have Patty on Soul Crush, is gonna, that, like, I'll, just, I'll, I'll be good to go. I'll be done. It will be over. That will be the last episode. He is a being. Yeah. Will you say a little bit about um, maybe some her, something about hers or about her that has really inspired you? I think when you talk about integrity and authenticity, mm -hmm. like she is, she just, she embodies it. She moves through the world in that place. And um, if you've, I mean, I always loved, loved, loved her, you know, and, and living my whole adult life in downtown New York and everything. Um, you know, I used to see her around, even though like she was in Detroit, but she'd be here, but you know, all this stuff. Mm. And, um, and always, I, I adored her when I was in high school. I was like, I dressed like her, you know what I mean? I just thought she was the coolest. Mm. And then, um, the coolest. <laughs> And then when I finally got around to reading Just Kids, because I moved to New York to be in the art world, you know, and um, before yoga and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, and when I finally read Just Kids, like her story with Robert Maplethorpe, I was so, like I always loved her, but I didn't actually, and this sounds so absurd at this point, because we all know her now as a brilliant writer, but I actually didn't realize she could write like that. No, and it's amazing. Her, her prose is so beautiful, and the way she describes the creative process mm -hmm. is so beautiful and so real and so just simply put and raw, and, and that I think she, um, like anyone creative should read that book. Yeah. And, and just, and even people, and going through hard moment like it seems so i can absolutely relate and like from my own experience of going through hard times like that was when i really also came to her like it's funny she has this like she's like a fucking saint like she has this like thing and then it's like and her writing is just like purely creative but it's like that's that's such a that's why i feel like our personal stories hold like the medicine of, of grace in them you know it's like you it's like in that experience of reading that you're just like it deeply connects you to something that you can't even explain yeah and when you something's know? really true mm -hmm. it makes you cry 
You know, yeah. when you read something that's, how did that, that person put that truth, mm. find words to wrap around that truth and present it to us? Yeah. And it's, it's, it makes you cry. It's beautiful. Oh my gosh. She does that. Absolutely. I saw her. Have you ever seen her perform? Oh, yeah. 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 I yeah. saw her in um, Los Angeles maybe, a, maybe two years ago. And she was opening for Bon Iver and you know, Bon Iver was even like, this doesn't make any sense. Like yeah. I should, like <laughs> he yeah. was like, he came out and was like, a lot of you don't know for some reason, but like she, I should definitely be opening for her obviously, you know, but anyway, but a lot of people don't know and that's fine, whatever. Um, and maybe that's what makes it a little bit more special. I don't know. Um, but I'm happy for everyone to really get it also. <laughs> but when she performed, I mean, she, yeah, I was like, she was like giving, she was like a total shaman. Like she was, yeah. she made it fucking rain. It does not rain in Southern California. For those of you that don't know, it's a major drought. It doesn't rain. People, you don't even understand until you're like here and then you're like, oh, it really doesn't rain. And she made it rain. She was praying out loud and like summoned rains. It started raining. It was crazy. And then she was having everybody shake their bodies and was just like, shake out your fucking demons. Like, and I was like, and I was like one of the only people around me that was doing it. Like, I was like, you guys are like missing out on like a really massive like exorcism you know like this is like like this is a legitimate thing that's happening and like nobody Adam's like whatever I'm going for it you know I'm not gonna I I'm not I don't miss you know I don't miss out on God anywhere I go so I was like I was fully there ready to receive it um but it was amazing and she just yeah I mean I just love her so much and she I'm sure has helped so many people and if you don't know if you've never read Just Kids definitely um check that out and um, Susanna's book, um, Yoga 365. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can find that on Amazon or anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Great. It's all kind of all over the place, but Amazon is usually the least expensive. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, so on Amazon. And do you have anything else like any, I mean, on Instagram, we could find you I'll put all the, you know, info on the, on the podcast page, but is there any, any other offerings or anything else that you're kind of, you know, I have, so many articles out there on different mm. and I write pretty regularly for like mantra magazine and I was one of the you know and stuff like that and I think I have an article coming out in the next one I'm pretty sure mm. I do yeah <laughs> mom for yoga and health and um you know there's so many articles out there and stuff that you can kind of like google me and I'll probably be surprised you'll find something I forgot that I even wrote yes yeah. <laughs> yeah you're such an amazing writer and it's it's always so inspiring to yeah to feel into your writing as well so yeah. i have a lot of projects simmering yes so we'll we'll stay in touch and yeah definitely would you share any um i mean i know sometimes the kali sadhanas are kind of secret but do you have any mantras or anything that you could share with us to close out our our session um, yeah, I mean, there's a beautiful Kali mantra. Um, you know, all the gods and goddesses have multiple names. So um, one of her names is Chamunda because she mm. conquers these two demons, one named Chanda and one named Munda, so Chamunda. So, um, Om, I'm cream, cream, Chamundaye Viche Swaha. Mm. You can also say Chamundaye Viche Namaha. The swaha at the end of a mantra means you release you release it into the fire as an offering. And namaha means you bow down to you. So mm. they have a slightly different feel and you can really use either one. So om, I'm, cream, 
cream chamundaye niche swaha thank you so much i'm going to read this little poem to close it's by john o'donohue like the joy of the sea coming home to shore may the relief of laughter rinse through your soul as the wind loves to call things to dance may your gravity be lightened by grace like the dignity of moonlight restoring the earth may your thoughts incline with reverence and respect as water takes whatever shape it is in so free may you be about who you become as silence smiles on the other side of what's said may your sense of irony bring perspective as time remains free of all that it frames may your mind stay clear of all it names may your prayer of listening deepen enough to hear in the depths the laughter of god mm. So thank you and thank you everybody that's listening. I hope that you are feeling willing to reach out if you're needing support. You can find me or Susanna online and um you know reach out if you're in a moment of need and just sending everyone lots of love and lots of blessings. and lots and lots of gratitude so see you next time <laughs>